0: 444.com is the most accurate podcast my name is Anthony Stalter, joined as always by John Paulson what's up JP how are you doing today doing all
1: right how are you doing Anthony
0: good good uh, music tell us about the music that brought us in then we'll talk a little bit about the
1: podcast today yeah this is the sent me down a Robert Palmer uh, wormhole uh, rabbit hole I guess not wormhole uh, <laughs> sneaking Sally through the alley it's 1974 track off of his album of the same name uh, Robert Palmer if you remember is the a uh, guy who did the couple of videos where he's got the models playing, you know, pretending to play music behind him and with red lipstick and whatnot and had a couple of big hits in the eighties. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he's just kind of this blue eyed soul singer. And, uh, I look back and this, this track played on, uh, Spotify just kind of happened to play after one of my playlists was done playing. And I'd never heard it before, but it was written by Alan to St. Uh, Toussaint? I don't, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but, uh, long-time New Orleans, I believe, songwriter, composer, and he also played on the on the track. It's a really funky, uh, cool tune, so I'll add it to the most ca- accurate podcast playlist, which you can find a link for in the show notes. Speaking of which, the most accurate podcast is brought to you by Underdog
0: Fantasy, home of the all new snake draft format, the Battle Royale. We'll get to that a little bit later on. We'll expand on that, I should say. If you haven't signed up for 4 for 4 yet, prices have been reduced to $19 for a classic subscription, $29 for a pro subscription, and fifth, uh, uh, sorry, $49, $49 for a rest of season DFS betting, betting subscription. So if you're a DFS player, uh, and or you also enjoy the betting content at 444, four, betting content and period. Now is the time to jump on, of course, get part of John's, uh, get all of John's rankings as well with, with any of those subscriptions. So you, if you've been on the fence, jump now. The pricing has never been better. You can also use the code JOHN and the number 10, JOHN10, 10, to get 10% off those already reduced prices. Let's dive into the podcast right now, John. Multiple reports have confirmed that that Taysom Hill is going to start for the Saints in week 11. I was really surprised to see this. I, I would just assume that it was going to be Jameis Winston who signed this offseason. We saw Winston come into the game last week when Breeze got injured. Is Hill worthy of a start? And what does this mean now for the rest of the Saints players in week
1: 11? Yeah, this is what I woke up to today and uh, had to try to. <laughs> update projections for Hill and try to figure out what sort of quarterback he's going to be in a like a full-time role because all we have right now are these little packages where he comes in and maybe maybe throws it, maybe runs it, maybe catches a ball. Um, but now he's supposedly going to start. Uh, this was confirmed by Sheft, Adam Schefter, and Schefter said that Jameis Winston is not part of any of the packages this week. And now this could be a giant ruse, and if it is, then... You know, kudos to the Saints for going through all this trouble to try to beat the Falcons. Uh, But um, the way I I approached this and trying to figure out what sort of NFL quarterback, starting quarterback he would be in terms of his numbers, I went and looked at his combined totals for the 2018 and 2019 preseason. And he was 76 of 108 for 70%, 70 70.4% completion. 808 yards. Uh, that works out to 7.48 yards per attempt, which is decent. It's average. Uh, five touchdowns, three interceptions, uh, ten sacks, 36 rush attempts, 309 rushing yards, and two rushing touchdowns uh, in those two preseasons. And when you look at the numbers, it roughly equates to four games because 108 uh, pass attempts divided by four um, is about 27 pass attempts. And that's basically what I think that the the Saints will probably th- throw about that m- amount this week. Um, so, if you just divide everything by four 19 for 27 for 202 yards, 1.25 touchdowns, 0.75 interceptions, nine rush attempts for 77 yards, and a half a touchdown per game, that equals 22.3 fantasy points. Now, that's a lot of fantasy points. Uh, I'm not projecting him that high. Um, I think there are going to be some more mistakes, and probably at least th- he throws at least one interception. Um, and I don't think that the rushing yardage will be uh, quite that high. Uh, I think the Falcons will probably be, be ready for that. Um, so looking at the team as a whole, I think they'll probably end up running you know, more run plays than they do pass plays. I would expect their pass attempts to be below 30, as I mentioned before. Um, so I don't think this really affects Alvin Kamara too negatively. Uh, I don't know how much. Hill will dump off to him, you know, compared to what Breeze would or Winston might have. Um, But, you know, Kamara will be a big part of his game plan no matter what. Uh, I think the the problem is for the Saints players uh, like Michael Thomas, Jared Cook, Emmanuel Sanders. It's just a big hit to this entire passing game because I think, you know, if we were to project Winston in this role or Breeze in this role, they're looking at 290, 300 uh, uh, passing yards. Um in this game because of the extra pass attempts uh, and now I'm looking you know closer to 200 as opposed to 300 so Michael Thomas looks pretty iffy in terms of starting him You um, probably can but he's more of a wide receiver two wide receiver three than he is you know maybe a borderline wide receiver one Cook is kind of an iffy tight end two uh, Manuel Sanders, instead of being kind of an exciting wide receiver four against the Falcons, he's more like a five or a six, you know, in that 60 range, 60, 50 to 60 range. Uh, so just more of a run-heavy uh, attack, and uh, Hill should produce. I have him at 13 at quarterback, and I just would like to warn people that this is probably the biggest range of outcomes heading into this game. Uh, he could play the entire game and do well and, you know, be the overall qb2 or something or he you know the first quarter could be a disaster and winston comes in because they do have a good quarterback uh, or at least a productive quarterback backing him up uh winston could be called upon in the middle you know middle of the first quarter and the first quarter to to replace him if it's a nightmare at the start so i think the the key for for hill is that this is a very nice matchup against the falcons 32nd adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks uh they have been playing a little bit better lately uh but you know, still this is a, a defense that struggle to control the pass and, and, you know, Hill should be able to put up some points. Yeah, they
0: got a lot of inexperienced corners. I mean, that's for sure. I it's just interesting to me because I think that if if Jameis Winston is the guy moving forward, or at least it, it, maybe maybe just a little bit, the, the Saints have it in their heads, or Sean Payton have it, has it in his head, that if Drew Brees retires in the offseason, hey, maybe Winston can take over. So this is really interesting. I wouldn't be shocked if Winston comes in in the second quarter, whether Hill is struggling or not. I don't think that Hill is a prototypical quarterback, you know? Uh, but... I do think there's capa- there's uh, some capability here, some ability to, to to make some big plays happen. That's 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 Taysom Hill to me was the best player on the field at times in, against the Vikings in the NFC Divisional Round last last year. If you know, if you remember, both both sides were struggling for a while, and Hill made some really big plays. But you better stay out of third and long, you know, third and long, red zone, things like that. That's that's kind of where quarterbacks really make their money, and he's just not used to running uh, an offense. on on critical downs and critical spots. So it's going to be – I'm fascinated by this.
1: We'll see what happens. If I I could add one other thing to this is Nick Underhill um, was tweeting about this. He said, Taysom Hill has been taking starter reps this week, as Rap Sheet said. We'll see how today goes. Seems to be very much leaning that way, but we'll see how he finishes the week. So I guess there's still a chance here that this could pivot. But I asked him, uh, hey, Nick, is – is Winston also been getting starter reps or Hill only? Cause I would, my, you know, my question was, was this going to be like a rotation at quarterback, right. which is entirely possible. And um, he responded to me, quote uh, Hill has been preparing as the starter. Hmm. So then that, that was backed up from what Schefter said in terms of, you know, Winston not having, uh, you know, a package for him or a role this week, expected role this week, it's going to be the Taysom Hill show. So, you know, who knows? Uh, but, you know, right now, if you need a, if you're desperate at the quarterback position, um, he, you know, he's got a nice matchup and should produce.
0: All right. Staying in the NFC South, Teddy Bridgewater, he suffered a knee injury last week in that loss of the Buccaneers. He took limited practice reps again Thursday. Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network reported that Bridgewater is, quote, unlikely to play, but he still has a chance. The Panthers play early. They've got the Lions, that, that the Lions would be a good matchup. What do you think about some of the Panthers' skill position players? What do you think about Will Greer or the XFL star PJ Walker coming in under center if Bridgewater can't go? What's your overall sense with Carolina?
1: I mean, with Bridgewater went out in this in week 10, Walker came in. Um, right. and, he, and under on our side, he's called Phillip Walker. So I don't know what, what the deal is between Philip and PJ. but um, So I would assume that he's in line to start. Apparently they've been splitting reps, so they're probably taking a look at both of them in practice and trying to figure out who, who to start. Uh, but you know, Walker was ahead going into Week Ten, so unless he's terrible in practice, I would expect him to be the starter if if Bridgewater can't play. I think they're, uh Bridgewater and the Panthers are trying to see if he can play. I don't think they're you know written written him off yet. They seem like they're um, going to take this up to game time or at least until Saturday. Um, maybe a you know an early tweet on. From Schefter or something on Sunday morning or Saturday night, uh, but if, if Bridgewater's out, it's obviously a downgrade to the Panther passing game. So I like by my example. I benched um, Curtis Samuel for uh, Kenyon Drake last night in one of my leagues. Um, so it's just you know you just when you have a, when you have a quarterback like this that you don't know very much about, it just kind of scales back the entire, you know, all the expectations for all the, the pass catchers because the the whole pie, the passing pie um, shrinks. And, you know, in a, in a game like this, it could, you know, in a one-week situation, Walker could come in or Greer could come in and do just fine, uh, but you just don't have that – uh, certainty like you do with uh, Bridgewater after seeing him play for 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 10 weeks by the way Philip Philip Walker is his
0: name but he's a junior so I'm assuming the P is for Philip and the J Still is for junior. junior yeah so PJ Walker or Philip Walker St- again staying in the NFC South but switching ru- switching to running back Alvin Kamara foot injury mispractice Thursday after taking limited reps on Wednesday Kamara said that he would be all right but and that's that's if the same foot injury. that that he's that he's been dealing with he's been playing through the last couple of weeks that's according to beat writer Mike Triplett are are you confident that Alvin Kamara Kamara is a safe play on Sunday against the Falcons still in the RB1 all things also go
1: yeah it looks like he'll be in I mean there's certainly a little bit more risk with the quarterback change Uh, but you know against the Falcons I think he'll probably find the end zone once or twice DeAndre Swift, the rookie
0: for the Lions, he's he's in concussion protocols. He was added to the injury report Thursday after missing practice. Head coach Matt Patricia, Patricia says it would be difficult to get DeAndre Swift through concussion protocol by Sunday. That was according to Andrew Siciliano. So Lions play early. Should we just take DeAndre Swift off of the uh, out of our starting lineups if we're if we have him?
1: Yeah, I think it, it's looking worse and worse. I need to take after we get done recording. I need to take him out of the. Um out of the rankings because it appears that he has to practice once without contact and then once with contact in order to get cleared and they don't have enough practices left in the week for that to happen. So, um, you know, they do play early. um, So, you know, if something were to change uh, we would have time to sort of pivot or get back to what we were going to. And I think with, with Swift out, you're looking at Adrian Peterson as a pretty interesting RB two um, in this matchup with the Panthers who are bad against the, the running game. Uh, you know, people wonder asking me, you know, is it would it be Peterson or would it be Carrion Johnson? I just look at their touch totals this season and Peterson has out-touched Karrion Johnson 108 to 38. Uh, so I would expect that sort of touch split, but if you look at the uh, receptions, it's 11 for Peterson and 8 for Carrion Johnson, so it's a lot closer there. So I think they feel more comfortable with Johnson in the passing game, so it probably... You know, Peterson on first and second down, and Johnson coming in on third downs is sort of a passing down back. A couple of updates on the Packers
0: wide receiver situation. Devontae Adams, he missed practice Thursday with that ankle injury after taking limited reps. Wednesday, he worked out on the side during practice. Packers play the late afternoon game against the Indianapolis Colts in Indy. You're a Packers fan, John. Are you confident that Devontae Adams will play?
1: Uh yeah, I think I I think I am. Uh he came back into the game uh in week 10 had a fantastic touchdown catch uh late in the game. He had a rough kind of a rough game overall but uh you know bounce back cuz he's a superstar. Uh <laughs> the fact that he's working out on the side uh during practice uh is an indicator that they're not too worried about it, you know, they they're saying he missed practice but he was running around a little bit and you know testing the ankle and um you know, if if it was really a game time decision type situation, I don't think that he would be out there at all. He would probably just be getting treatment. So uh, the fact that he finished a game in week 10 is usually an indicator that they'll be available the following week. And then Alan
0: Lazard is dealing with a core injury. Took limited practice reps again on Thursday. Lazard may be able to return this week, though head coach Matt LaFleur stopped short of that guarantee. He also implied that Lazard... Would be, would be eased back into the offense, so he may, may not play a full complement of snaps, even if he does face the Colts on Sunday.
1: Yeah, and the Packer medical staff is notoriously conservative when it comes to injuries, and that's a concern with Adams as well. Um, but the fact that they activated him here is a good sign. Uh, the Packers do play late on Sunday, so that's sort of a headache. But maybe we'll we'll get one of those tweets from Schefter, report indicating uh, whether or not these guys are going to play.
0: Same division, same wide receiver class here. Kenny Galladay he missed practice Thursday after taking limited reps on Wednesday. Beat writer Kyle Men- Menke said that he was definitely out there, definitely running around. Again, talking about Kenny Galladay on Thursday, though the team confirmed that he was a do- did not practice. What do you think about Galladay potentially suiting up and facing the Panthers on Sunday? Nice matchup for him if he does.
1: Yeah, I just searched uh, the Twitter website and <laughs> found some tweets about Galladay for Friday, and he's not practicing on Friday. So it sounds like he tried to practice on Wednesday, didn't go great, missed Thursday, missed Friday, uh, looking doubtful to me. Uh, also, with the with the Lions, we didn't mention it earlier, but Matthew Stafford. Uh, has that thumb injury, but it looks like he's going to play. He was he was he was at practice on Friday. Calvin Ridley, we, as we know, he we had
0: well, last week was a bye for the Falcons. Last time we saw him was that Thursday night game three weeks ago in Carolina, where he injured his foot in the first half. He did take limited practice reps again Thursday after doing so on Wednesday. Interim coach Raheem Morris said they'll take wide receiver. They'll 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 take uh, Ridley through Saturday to decide looks like he might be a game time decision, although hopefully John by Saturday will have a better indication of whether or not Ridley will play.
1: Yeah. Hopefully we know Saturday, uh, D Orlando Ledbetter better. said he looks better, uh, but not 100% to him, like to Ledbetter. So I saw some footage of him on Wednesday running routes and the route portion looked fine. But after he got done running the route, he was kind of running gingerly on that foot. So, uh, it didn't look a hundred percent to me, uh, uh, the Falcons medical staff doesn't seem particularly conservative with injuries. People, you know, Julio <laughs> plays through them all the time and and all that. So Ridley might be out there. Um, but owners should just be prepared to uh, perhaps uh, pivot to somebody else. Um, uh, that Zacharias guy did real well uh, with Ridley out uh, last week. So um, we shall see. Yeah, the Falcons.
0: That's what happens when you don't have a lot of depth, John. When you like all of your your money is going to the, the top end of the roster, it's like you need to play because this guy we just picked up an hour ago. So get out there. Let's finish up with one other injury note, then we'll get into Thursday night football and then some sneaky starts. Sammy Watkins, hamstring and calf injury, downgraded from full on Wednesday. To Limited on Thursday, Johnny Volfton said that that's never a good sign for a player's for a player playing on Sunday. It was looking like he was going to return this week, but now Sammy Watkins' his status is up in the air. McCall Harbin remains on the COVID-19 reserve
1: list. Chiefs play on Sunday night against the Raiders. What do you think about the passing game? Yeah, the Sunday night football kickoff makes this more complicated because we may have to wait to find out you know game-time decision on Watkins. And then it doesn't look like Hardman's going to get cleared by Sunday, but it's possible. If they're both out, then you're, then you're looking at Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle as you know rounding out three wide receiver sets, and those guys are going to be extremely cheap in, in DFS, I would think, and um, would be sneaky starts in the situation against the Raiders because this, you know the Raiders are very. Um, I, or the the Chiefs are very uh, encouraged or fired up to to you know pay back on the Raiders uh, after losing to them earlier this season, right? They, the Raiders the Raiders beat the Chiefs in Kansas City, right? They did. So, yeah. um, I, th- I think they want revenge and probably want to put up forty points on them. Uh, so Robinson and, and Pringle would be options if um, if Watkins and or Hardman are out. Um, you know, I think. Transitioning to those guys, not having Hardman out there, not having Watkins out there is a little bit of a downgrade from from Mahomes, but he's got so many weapons in this passing game that it really doesn't matter.
0: All right, before we get into Thursday Night Football and some sneaky starts, I want to tell you about Prediction Strike. This podcast is brought to you in part by Prediction Strike, which is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy shares of players as if they were stocks. For example, the share price of Kyler Murray has increased from about $1.70 before week one to $2.93 now since he's outperforming expectations. Prediction Strike lets fans create portfolios of their favorite players so they can get even closer to the game you can go to predictionstrike.com to create an account deposit funds to buy sell and hold shares of virtually any player you want just like real stocks the value of those shares will change based on how they play and you can trade those shares at any time as long as the player isn't currently playing. So did you know that Aaron Rodgers was going to bounce back with an MVP caliber season? Well, here's your chance to profit off that prediction. You can get started today by visiting predictionstrike.com and sign up with the code TMAP to get an additional $10 off with your first deposit of $20 or more. And be sure to download the Prediction Strike app in the Apple App Store. John, I feel like you and I have talked about an idea like this in the past. Didn't, didn't Didn't you think about an idea potentially doing this at one point?
1: Yeah, it was back when we were at Scores Report, I think, wow. and we were um, probably talking off air. I don't know, but I, I thought I always thought that it would be interesting to have a site or a, have like a market for for players and where you can buy and sell shares of that player. And you know, as you go along in their career, the prices go up or down based on how good they're good or bad they do. I, I'm interested to, to try this out. I've got a deposit over there. I went I went there this morning to to maybe buy a share of Taysom Hill because. Uh, he's going to get this surprise start and it looks like a, a share of his is 50 bucks, which is a little, oh, wow. uh, I only deposited 20, so um, <laughs> a little bit out of my uh, price range, but there's other guys available as, you know, Kyler Murray, you know, $2.93 now, you know, that went up um, like a buck 20. So he's, he's, his share price has, has risen almost, uh, I don't know, 75% looks like uh, just doing the math in my head. So since week one, so. Uh, it looks like they do it uh, not really uh, by the you know the the market share pri- or the 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 free market price for the player. Uh, it's more how those players do relative to their project- projections each week. So. That might be something to look at as, as an edge for people who think that a certain player is going to do better than the, the prediction strike uh projections and then if they do then either the price share goes up so i'm um, interested to give it a try and uh, maybe we can talk more about it next week
0: yeah it's a cool idea that's for sure a uh, very very interesting concept uh, for sure underdog as well we're proud to be sponsored by underdog we all love snake drafts we all love big prizes but we don't all love big entry fees or multi-week contests so underdog fantasy just released an all-new format of theirs it's their snake drafts it's called battle royale in battle royale you draft a one-week team like you normally would but instead of only competing against the other teams in your specific draft you compete with teams from other drafts the reason for this is that this way they pull together the prizes so they can offer big tournament style payouts while also keeping the live snake draft format that we all love as fantasy owners if you think this is your week and you could draft the best team you have to try battle royale it offers the big upside a normal snake draft can't, with prizes that used to be only attainable in season-long or salary cap tournaments the battle royale is already up for uh, in the underdog app and the and at the website it's $5 to enter has a $25,000 prize pool and it pays out $5,000 to first place nice holiday uh, bonus there if you can win it let's talk about the Thursday night football game now John Seahawks and Cardinals we got some injuries to go over but why, why don't we just start off with the uh Seahawks Russell Wilson didn't throw for a lot of yards last night he was more of an efficient real-time quarterback Than a great fantasy start however he did still find the end zone twice he threw a touchdown to DK Metcalf and then his other touchdown I believe went to was that Tyler Lockett I forget now I know the first yeah Tyler Lockett okay so he threw for 197 yards didn't run a lot didn't uh, he ran 10 times for 42 yards so that was Wilson's line I, I think the most interesting thing here is we know about DK Metcalf we know Tyler Lockett he caught nine of nine targets Carlos Hyde, he rushed 14 times for 79 yards and a touchdown. Seattle's backfield tends to be a bit Russian roulette. And then, John, the other aspect, of course, is Greg, Greg Olson. He suffers what is being diagnosed as a ruptured left plantar fascia, so it looks like he's going to be out for a, a couple of weeks. It looks like he would be able to return this season, although that's there, there's some uncertainty there. So from Seattle's standpoint, talk to us mostly about the running backs and then the Greg Olson injury.
1: Yeah, this is um, one of those games where it was it was interesting to project it because DK Metcalf obviously has been great, and he just had a tough time um, with Patrick Peterson and the um, and the Cardinals over you know in his in his career. But he was really a, a couple of plays away from a huge game. He had a, a long pass that was called back due to a hold. Uh, he had a touchdown that went off his helmet and <laughs> um, right in the face. He had another drop that probably would have gone for 30, 40 yards. So, uh, probably best not to, uh, you know, worry too much about matchups when it comes to TK Metcalf, cause, uh, he's growing as a route runner and they're really looking for ways to get him the ball. Um, I actually did have Lockett ahead of one spot ahead of Metcalf at the end of the uh, projections yesterday. So I was happy with the way things worked out, but uh, could have really gone badly. Uh, hide i also was high on Hyde. i had ended up with him at 18 and a half ppr formats and that seemed high compared to other people who do rankings um it was a little bit of a leap of faith uh you know with him coming off of the uh injury hamstring injury but the the clue that i that i looked at was that he was removed from the injury report on wednesday uh, and was a full practice participant on wednesday so once that happens um, it appears that the player is getting pretty close to 100% and should see a full workload. And he was well ahead of uh, DJ Dallas and Bo Scarborough. And, um, and the, the whole thing with Alex Collins yesterday, people that weren't paying attention, was that if they would have brought him up for a third time from the practice squad, they would need to assign him to a um, a bigger contract. And then if they wanted to send him back to the practice squad, they would have he would have had to have cleared waivers. Uh, and so the CC ox didn't want to do that. So they instead promoted Scarborough and he had ended up with six carries for 31 yards and DJ Dallas only had one carry for 13 yards. So obviously they don't feel that strongly about DJ Dallas as a, as a primary ball carrier, if, if there's more injuries to this backfield, but, uh, apparently Chris Carson's going to be back next week. Um, so that's good news for his owners. And the other thing you asked about was uh, Greg Olson's injury, um, Normally, or I think, you know, if you go rewind to, to August, I would have said this is a great spot for Will Disley to come in and, and be the starter. But Hollister has been, you know, splitting time as the tight end two there. there. Uh, Disley ran nine routes. Hollister ran seven uh, last night. So uh, they may do a tight end by committee there. But Disley's had some really big games for this uh, Seahawks team. Uh, he's just been injury prone. Uh, but when he's been out there as the starter, he's been uh, extremely productive. So if you you know rolling the dice and need help at tight end, you might be worthwhile picking him up.
0: And then from Arizona's standpoint, I think a lot of people are going to wonder about the the running game. DeAndre Hopkins must start every week. Five of eight targets for 51 yards. Didn't see the end zone, so. You're looking at a really disappointing game because Seattle's defense has been so bad over the last two weeks. They've been they've been okay. Murray, twenty-nine of forty-two, two hundred and sixty-nine yards. He did he did have two touchdowns. Another quiet night based on the matchup, but Murray still it's not like he disappointed fantasy owners. Larry Fitzgerald, eight of ten targets for sixty-two yards. Christian Kirk, four of six targets for fifty yards. And then Kenyon Drake, eleven eleven carries, twenty-nine yards and a touchdown. He also caught four passes. For an additional 31 yards, and then Chase Edmonds rushed two times for 13 yards. So it it would appear, John, that Kenyon Drake it's his it's his backfield still.
1: Yeah, it is, and it's you know you're talking 15 touches uh, versus six for Edmonds. I mean, Edmonds' uh, day was saved by that touchdown catch, Um, but it was from from a Kenyon Drake owner standpoint, and I have him in a league, um, and I have him lots of best balls. uh, I would say, unfortunately, at this point. he's getting, he got five targets and that he just has not been a big part of this passing game this season relative to, to Edmonds and he actually out-targeted Edmonds. So it's, it's a good sign that he was uh, far more involved. I did notice that when uh, they needed to drive down the field and score quickly, you know, Edmonds was in on that last drive uh, as the primary back. So Drake, you know, Drake doesn't have that late game uh, push type uh, upside, uh, you know, get three or four catches on that final drive type upside for him. Um, the other thought I had was that, you know, Murray had 269 yards passing and Hopkins only had 51 and Kirk only had 50. You know, you'd think more those guys would have more. So those are disappointing days for those two. The other thought I had was that uh, Larry Fitzgerald might want to, if he wants to get fantasy relevant again, maybe he changes his position, his official position to tight end. And he could really, I think, help quite a few fantasy teams with his uh, eight for 62 type day. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he. Uh, I, I have him in our league, John. It was one of those late flyers. Like, all right, you know, do I do I take a shot on a really young guy that might not even make the freaking roster? Or Larry Fitzgerald, and I took him. But I haven't started him that much, obviously. Let's get into Week Eleven. Some sneaky starts from John. You can view his article at 444.com, The number four, F O R number four. We just go through a couple, but John's got a list of guys that he likes at, at each position. Let's start off with quarterback, as always. Kirk Cousins is one of the options that you give owners that might be in need of a quarterback with maybe Drew Brees out uh, or just looking for maybe a, a flyer in DFS. Kirk Cousins has Dallas on Sunday.
1: Yeah, uh, Dallas is 22nd adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. Cousins has 220-3 uh, and, and 292 and two touchdowns in his last two weeks against the Lions and the Bears. Um, the Cowboys have yielded at least two passing touchdowns in four straight games and in seven of the last eight. Uh, Andy Dalton's back, too. I think that helps, you know, the the total in this game and the chances that this game might be competitive and kind of a shootout. Um, and that would help, you know, Cousins' floor uh, if, you know, if they were dealing with Danucci or whoever, whoever else at quarterback uh, Gilbert. Um they would uh, maybe not score as many points and maybe not keep up with the Vikings, and they might just run Dalvin Cook uh, 40 times and, and win the game. But I think this this game's kind of a sneaky shootout potential with Cousins and maybe Dalton in there.
0: We'll give out one other quarterback. Again, you can look at more in John's article at 444.com. But Alex Smith, and this is actually one, John, that I, I play in this, this um, fantasy football league where you, you have to – it's basically like DFS. You, you, buy, you buy players. And I had Jameis Winston on Thursday – and when I saw the news today I'm like you know what Jameis was cheap that's why I went with him and, and I actually picked up Alex Smith on your recommendation I, I I see some big potential against Cincinnati as well
1: yeah they're 29th and adjusted fantasy points allowed of quarterbacks so the matchup is good if you look at what Smith has done so far there's a lot of volume uh, they're, they're throwing more than they probably want to but uh, they've he's cleared 325 yards two straight games uh, he only played 81 percent of the snaps in week nine so he he did that with just kind of li- not limited snaps, but not a full game in week nine. Uh, the Bengals have given up at least two touchdowns in six straight games and have averaged 294 yards allowed in that span. So this is a, a good spot for Smith.
0: Moving on to some running backs. Kalen Balazs I know is, is inexpensive in DFS, and he might be available or, or was available on some waiver wires. And he's getting a lot of looks in, in the Chargers backfield, including some goal line looks as well.
1: Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and say that I blew it with Tremaine Pope last week. I had him ranked like 32nd. I thought that he would lead the backfield coming back from his concussion after looking really good and running ahead of Joshua Kelly uh, two weeks prior. Uh, But apparently the Chargers uh, coaching staff did not agree with my assessment of the backfield and they decided to go with (laughs) Balazs after he had a nice game uh, in the previous week. So, uh, and they've already said that it's going to be a lot of belage uh, against the Jets. This is another, his second straight uh, uh, old team theorem uh, revenge game. Uh, he played against the, the Dolphins last week, and now he's got the Jets. Uh, they're 26 and just a fancy points, a lot of running backs. Uh, Belage had 23 touches uh, for 102 yards, not very efficient. Um, you know, maybe Tormain Pope needs a look, but I won't. That's the last last time I'll mention his name. Um, the Jets have yielded 28.5 touches for 134 total yards and a quarter of a touchdown, .25 touchdowns to opposing backfields in the last four games. So a lot of yards and touches available there for Balazs.
0: Let's talk about LaMichael Le- uh, Ryan and he's he's got the matchup on Sunday uh, with the, the aforementioned Chargers, Ryan with the Jets, of course. Uh, is this just a volume play, potentially?
1: Well, I think people have forgotten that uh, Rich Semini's reporting uh, prior to the bye that P Ryan would quote be the featured back over the remainder of the season, since the Jets want to see if he has what it takes to be the team starter heading into 2021. Uh, he's not being ranked particularly high uh, by my peers, uh, but when you know a beat writer like this says that this you know a certain player is going to be treated as the starter, uh, you know now you're looking at probably 15 touches, and I think uh, a lot of people out there are looking for <laughs> volume. Uh, the Chargers have not been particularly good defensively. They have a lot of talent on the defense, but they've been so banged up. And um, They're 17th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to uh, running backs. If you just look at the Jets' backfield in general, uh, they've averaged 24.3 touches per game this season. So if if gets, uh, Ryan gets uh, 60% of that, he's looking at think, 14, 15 touches. So... Um, a little bit of a sneaky start there, maybe a touchdown if he's if he's lucky. Switching
0: to some wide receivers, if you watched last Sunday, you, you maybe uh, were you maybe came came away impressed with Jacoby Myers, the Patriots wide receiver. He was what five of nine, five of fifty nine, but he also threw uh, threw the touchdown pass. Um, so this this is a multi use player here, and the Patriots seemingly really like him.
1: Yeah, uh, Houston's 21st a Fantasy Points allowed to wide receiver, so the matchup is good. It's, you know, it was not in the rain, downpour like it was uh, last week. Uh, I actually had one of my worst cuts this year was uh, I had Jacoby Myers early in this whole, you know, his whole ascension and cut him because I was pretty stacked at, at receiver, and I shouldn't have cut him. I should have found somebody else to cut. Obviously, he's uh, taken over that number one role there. Um, he. He had five catches for 59 yards, and Cam Newton only attempted 17 passes in that game. So, uh, you know, since emerging as a starter four weeks ago, Myers is a 41.6 target share and 63, uh, 64% uh, share of the team's air yards. Both are league highs in that span, so he's extremely involved, even though this uh, passing game is a low-volume Uh, passing game but this is a good matchup against uh, houston he should produce
0: here's a name that has seemingly fallen off the radar because his second season hasn't been great but you like you you view marquise brown as a potential sneaky start against the titans on sunday
1: yeah i think uh maybe things will trend up for him over the second half of the season i think the schedule is getting a little bit uh easier uh his matchups since the bye have not been good pittsburgh indianapolis and then the rain game against new england so just conditions and and the uh, teams are you know the defenses are. Uh, have been difficult. Uh, the offense is not clicking um, great, but uh, if you look at his upcoming schedule, he's got five green matchups in a row, starting with the Titans. They've given up at least 75 yards to Michael Pittman, Allen Robinson, T. Higgins, Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Will, uh, Will Fuller, and Stephen Stefan Diggs, and that was just in the last six games. Uh, their 25th in just fantasy points allowed to receiver. So um, I think this might be the, you know, maybe a breakout opportunity uh, in this game. Uh you know Nick Boyle is out you know Mark Andrews is probably be the focus of the passing game but I think Brown could, could get deep on one and, and maybe score a touchdown
0: all right one more wide receiver and we'll hand out two tight ends Rashard Higgins is is one of your wide receivers the Browns host the Eagles on Sunday
1: Yeah and this is uh kind of a I'm always interested in the psychology of the fantasy football community and and you know I watch the drops and you know you know ads and drops and trends terms as far as transactions and Rashad Higgins has been dropped in some leagues after being a hot pickup because he had 100 yards uh, in that game that Beckham got injured. But the two games he's played since then have been played in 30-plus mile-per-hour <laughs> wins. And you saw the, the passing game volume and the efficiency of, of those, of both, you know, all four teams, or I guess the Browns in two games and then the uh, Raiders and the um, Texans. They just could not pass the ball in those conditions. So I, I'm sticking with Higgins. I think, uh, you know, if the, if the wind is better this week, uh, they're at home in, in Cleveland and he's not whipping um at 30 mile per hour then I think he could uh have a, a decent game against the the Eagles um you know he did he has a pretty good connection with Baker Mayfield we know that and he had that 100 yard game so I think and even before that he had a couple of touchdowns in games where he had low low yardage so I, I think he's a, a, a sneaky start yeah as if well. you want
0: a tip if you're if you're a better and you're looking to take a flyer on you know a game just, just look at the weather look at the and not the rain not the snow that doesn't bother me look at the wind Cleveland, both, both times the under cashed easily in those two Cleveland home games. When the wind is up, you know, certainly 20 miles plus, and as John noted, they were even higher in those two games, take the under. I'm not saying it's a guarantee or a lock, but, I mean, you just can't throw. And, and now, obviously, the NFL is, is predicated on passing. So just a, a little bit of a tip there. Speaking of Cleveland, you also list Austin Hooper, the, the Browns tight end, as a potential sneaky start.
1: Yeah, and he his his usage was trending up prior to his appendectomy already. Uh, you, they lost uh, Beckham, so there's more targets available in this offense. I think that he's and, and tight end just is sort of a mess this year outside of Kelsey and maybe Darren Waller, um, maybe a Mark Andrews, but he had kind of kind of having a subpar year as well. So I know there's a lot of people looking for help at tight end. I would go you know turn back to Hooper, just keep the faith. Uh, the Eagles are 30th in adjusted fantasy points allowed. Uh, to tight ends, uh, he came back from his appendectomy and played 85 percent of the snaps, and uh, should be you know should be there for six to seven targets there from uh, from Baker Mayfield.
0: One more sneaky start at tight end. Tell us about Logan Thomas.
1: Yeah, this is, goes hand in hand with the Alex Smith volume that he, they're seeing there in the Washington passing game. Cincinnati is 29th in a fantasy points allowed to tight ends. Uh, Thomas has seen at least six. He's seen six targets exactly in each of the last two games. And he's played all but one snap in those two games. So he's been basically a, a full-time player. Uh, the Bengals have yielded six touchdowns to tight ends in the last five games. So uh, look for Thomas to score. And
0: uh, I apologize if you already mentioned this stat, but I know you've talked about Alex Smith before. Throwing for 300 yards in back-to-back games for the first time in his career, including a career-high 390 yards. Hmm in his first start back from injury. So as, just to kind of go along with what John's saying, Alex Smith, that Washington passing game could be pretty good on Sunday. He is John Paulson. You can follow him on Twitter at 444 four underscore John. I'm Anthony Stalter. You follow me at Anthony Stalter. If you haven't signed up for 444 for four yet, jump on it. Prices, $19 for a classic subscription. Pro sub. And a rest of season DFS and betting betting, uh, subscription is just $49. Good luck in all of your fantasy play this weekend. We'll see you next time on 444.com. It's the most accurate podcast.
2: Just one